All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. You're tuned in to Oilers Nation every day with Tyler Uramchuk. Live every weekday on the Nation Network YouTube. Last night, the Oilers lost to not one, but two groups of men wearing black and white. Huh? Let's get into it with the lead. But really, it's not funny, is it? It's no laughing matter. We're going to get serious. Welcome into Oilers Nation every day. As always, coming to you live. Sports Closet Studio, which is feeling a little tense today. Everyone in the office here at Oilers Nation, a little on edge, a little pissed off, and they should be. Sportscloset.ca, load up. I know I'm going to stop in and load up before we head down to Vegas. Got to make sure I'm looking my best when we're cruising down the strip as a team. Uh, Yeah, it's going to be a ton of fun, but last night was not a ton of fun. We need to dig into this hockey game, and my boy Liam is here. You were on Oilers Nation After Dark last night, a stream that went. And producer Aaron was as well. So shout out to him for uh, both of you guys working late and working early. I love it. Um, that was a fired up chat. You were fired up. You were mad. Yeah. I mean, it's hard not to be incredibly frustrated after what we all stayed up very late to watch last night. And the Oilers, <laughs> not sure they ever showed up to LA, to be honest. Like it was just so disappointing. And it felt like a certain, like almost hit a wall, I guess is a good way to yeah. put it. Like it was just, disappointing to kind of see where this team is at right now and the effort after going down to nothing early was unacceptable quite frankly and we have so much to talk about today like the fact like last night you said like the after dark we went till almost 12 30 in the morning and it was like 90 people conversation yep. talking about it so i'm sure today should be a fun one 
Well, like, let's just go through the last week or 10, 12 days here around this team. They blow out Seattle 7-2 on the 30th. And you're like, all right, momentum. Entering a big stretch of hockey games. This is where it starts. The next night against Winnipeg, they get goalied. And you're like, hey, they've now played two really good games back-to-back. Better team, both games. And then you go up 2-0 on Seattle. And it's like, giddy up. This is the start of what we were waiting for. This team's going to get hot. And then they take their foot off the gas. They got that little bit of like, ooh, we're feeling like our old selves. This shit's going to be easy. Yep. And they got a quick reminder that it's not in the NHL. Go out against the Islanders. We, we heard there's the players only meeting before that, everything. And it's like, okay, let's play with some emotion. And they did. We highlighted the goal celebrations were great. They came out of the gates quick. They played good defensively. They checked so many boxes in that hockey game against the New York Islanders. And you're like, giddy up. Right, They got their kick in the pants. Things are going to get going. And then they fall flat on their face against Colorado, blow another 2-0 lead. Don't get some bounces in that hockey game, but we're not even close to being the better team. Monday, season-defining road trip was the theme of the show yesterday. You're getting LA, Anaheim, San Jose, and Vegas. And guess what? If you get hot and rattle off seven or eight points, we're not talking about a 50-50 chance at the playoffs. We're talking about a team who... Maybe at 70%, 75%. You, you control your own fate to more, of an, to more of a degree. And then you do that and just look largely disinterested for 40 minutes in that hockey game or 30 minutes in that hockey game. Can't stay out of the box. I mean, you could have thrown me, you, Gavin, and Aaron out there on a power play for the Kings. We probably would have scored. Penalty kill was brutal. Everything was brutal. And a lot of other, some things outside of their control that were brutal as well in that hockey game. And I think it goes to show that this team is just fighting it right now, fighting in a few ways, which was fine to see. But even, even within that hockey game, you get the fight from Pugliarvi and then a real good shift after it. And you're like, okay, they're starting to find their groove a little bit here. And then it's just a brutal goal. Okay. Even earlier in the game. You make it 2-1. You're like, here we go. They're starting to play some good hockey. Take a dumb penalty. Penalty kill can't save you. Boom. Momentum. You're flatlined again. There's just so many times where it feels like both in game, both over the last 12 days, they're building, they're building, they're building, and you're like, they're back. Here we go. And then they just go right off the cliff. And I don't get it. I cannot even begin to understand their lack of ability to string positives together. It just feels like it's an ego. They couple good things happen and they're like, it's easy. Yeah. They, it's the hope that kills you, Tyler. It is. It's the hope that kills you and hope will never die. That's for sure. Yep. But it still kills you. So yeah, like they've been, they just keep getting humbled massively and it's in such disappointing ways and last night it even felt like when they were doing stuff right with that jack campbell save like it comes back and bites you in the ass and it turns out to be a goal and it's just yeah like like you said there and it's so bad right now in every aspect but also the effort for me isn't always there too and that's the that's something that needs to change massively like there needs to be some desperation shown and like you saw that goal mcdavid scored like that for me, like he can turn up at any moment in the game, but we didn't see it enough last night. And I get it. Like LA is a very good defensive team and they can kind of turn it around pretty well and like control the game. Like Philip Deneau is obviously fantastic and he shut him down a little bit, but like also, come on guys, you're the best, you're the best, some of the best players in the world. Like why, how is the power play going? Oh, and six, like someone's got to figure it out. Yeah. 
Yeah, uh, we are live on the Nation Network YouTube where we've already racked up 25 likes, Liam. The chiz nice and fired off. So sound off. Hit up that YouTube chat and hit the like button as well. We've set a like goal for today, which we haven't done in a few shows. We're looking to get some positive momentum going back ourselves. What do you got? Yeah, and this is a something outside of hockey that's very positive. Stuart Skinner is going to become a dad pretty quick here. Yeah. So let's hit. Let's get some likes for Stu. He's been out of rock all season long. You only screwed him again last night, getting him pulled for the second star in a row. So today's like goal is 74. So let's get it up there. What are we at right now? You said Tyler, tw- around 25, I think it is. Yep, something like that. 29 now. So let's keep there both flowing. Let's ha- try and have some positive conversation, but also let's sound off a little bit. Let's, tell us what you're, what you're thinking about this team right now. Tell us about the game, and then mm-hmm. we'll talk about stuff that may be happening too. I think that's a good way to order it. Yeah. Uh, Let's get into our three big things from last night's hockey game because there is a lot that I want to break down. Uh, As always, it's brought to you by Montana's. Liam, you saw where I went for dinner last night. Oh, yeah. Good. So the wings there, they're like crispy. And that's what I like about them. Like the breading on them Mm. is unbelievable. Also, I got this cheesy garlic pull-apart bread that was great. And all of it, beer, pull-apart bread, two orders of wings, 30 bucks. Can't beat that. That is that is great value. Their daily deals are fantastic. So shout out to our friends at Montana's. If you want to see more about the daily deals, head to montanas.ca. Number one, some of you are going to roll your eyes at this. Very on brand for me. But officiating. Not officiated well from a bunch of angles. We are talking like some weird offside calls in that game where the ref was like, or the linesman, I should say is like six feet off the blue line and just blowing it dead when it's not offside. And there's some debate in the chat about that too many men call, but we can go through a bunch early in the first period. Discipline was their issue. Barry hooking, Hyman tripping, Yamo slashing penalty, penalty, penalty. All of them agree. You got to stay out of the box. Second period that too many ice, that too many men on the ice call is bad. Yeah. Brutal. If that's a penalty, every line change that you have is a penalty, more or less. I just, some people were saying, well, Bouchard's already in the play and the rule is being in the play. That is such a vague way to put it. I thought that was a terrible call and it turned the game around. Nurse slashing Fiala, dumb penalty. Hyman hooking Dursey. I thought that was a puck battle. What they made of the fighting situation with Dano and Pugliarvi. Okay, so they called Pugliarvi on interference, which I didn't fully agree with. Dano then gets a roughing when he should have gotten an instigator. Pugliarvi was not looking for a fight. Dano dropped him, went at him. That's an instigator. He's sticking up for an extra two for LA. It wasn't. They decide to just not give LA the penalty. So they make up the call on Pugliarvi because the arm didn't go up. When Pugliarvi hit him, the arm didn't go up. It was after the fight that they go, yeah, evening it up. I've never, I don't think I've ever seen a player getting rough in penalty on a fighting major. Like, but, aren't they the same? Isn't rough, isn't fighting just roughing more? So what are you <laughs> saying? Yeah, like he pushed him before the fight. Like, again, it just felt like they were making stuff up for the most part. Yeah, like for me, I don't even think there should have been penalties on either side. Like yep. it should have just been a fight. Like the, in the instigated penalty for me is so vague as well. Like two guys fought, they both yep. fought, they both dropped the gloves. Now, if Paul Yabi's getting there, just getting his face loaded in while his gloves are on, okay, yeah, obviously, yes. but that's not what happened. It was a fair fight and they both agreed to it. That shouldn't have been a penalty. I have a question though, Tyler. So Nurse's penalty was on the, on, um, the Michigan attempt, right? That was the one? Yeah. 
What do you, so the Michigan for me is, I love it. Like, I love the fact that players are trying to do that stuff. But we saw this in the world juniors, and this is kind of where it started the conversation for me. Like, Connor Bedard blatantly hit the goalie in the head. Oh, yeah. What, like, should What's that, the on the player? Yeah. Like, shouldn't it be like, and like, the last night's a bad example because the stick didn't come high enough, but like, mm-hmm. Campbell saw that play the whole time. Yeah. So if he comes around and whacks him right across the chest, is that not a slash? I think it's a follow through, though. It's followed on a guess, shot. But also, it just seems, I don't know, it's, a, it's an interesting play. But that's yeah, I, I love Ryan Um, Yeah. Uh, Evan Bouchard, that interference call against Mikey Anderson was borderline. I felt like Bouchard had the puck when, con- the puck. when contact was first made. He had the puck. Mm-hmm. So I'm just kind of like, what? Yeah. I don't know. I just, I didn't love the officiating. But here's the bottom line, Liam. Their penalty kill, four goals on seven attempts. That is putrid. I, I'm not smart enough to come up with with other words to it like just that cannot happen at the nhl level if their penalty kill was just like normal bad in that hockey game if they didn't and gave up two goal attempts then their penalty kill would have been like 71 percent on the game yes i did that math beforehand not off the top of my head if their penalty kill gave up two goals on seven attempts then we'd be sitting there talking about hey game went to overtime right three three heading down the stretch and even that wasn't so just uh, the penalty kill was absolutely terrible in that game that and the officiating is my one big thing one i mean i didn't love the decision to go to jack campbell personally he ended up being fine ish i guess he got a terrible terrible on that play where he makes the big save hey it's ryan reynolds and i'm here with keith co-star of my upcoming film if only in theaters may 17th do you want to tell people the big news all right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I, I don't know. I, I didn't think like that should have been a goal either. I don't know if there was definitive proof in the replay. Um, I know we're having a bit of stream issues now as well. So we're working on that um, behind the scenes. I think it's Wi-Fi down in our building. But uh, anyways, I, I thought it was... I don't know. I felt like the review wasn't very good. I don't think you can definitively say that puck went in. So poor Jack Campbell is my uh, second big thing. 
puck went over the line and there was no evidence to prove that that puck went over the line for me. It was just a straight up blur. Yeah. So how are you supposed to call that as a goal when you can't see? Like we saw this at the World Cup where they literally have a chip in the ball. Mm-hmm. Can you not put a chip in the puck to say like, yeah, this went over the line? It seems like such an obvious, obvious thing. Yeah, I I didn't love that. I felt like that was the reviews usually go, but whatever. Third one was a lack of urgency. For my, the power play attempt for the Oilers was pathetic. You're 0 for 5 on the game. Your power play has been largely lifeless for the bulk of the 60 minutes, but you're down goals. You've been to make it a one goal game with four and a half minutes to go. And that top unit, lazy, inspired, a handful of words to describe that as well. And to see them with 40 seconds to go, just kind of lazily go off the. It's like, man, we don't see that from that top unit very often. Usually, when the game's on the line and they have a chance, they're out there for the full two minutes. They are not even like thinking of looking at the bench. They're dialed in on trying to score. And last night, it just felt like they got that power play and they gave up. And that was super frustrating for me. Um, so those are my three big things brought to you by Montana's. None of that was good. A bad, bad hockey game for the Oilers. The officiating was bad. That drove me nuts. The penalty sucked. They were life, even though they had three fights. It's just so much in that hockey game that drove me absolutely crazy. Um, but we do have a guest running yesterday on the show. So I want to get into that. Uh, our guest line, as always, brought to you by our new friends at Star Mechanical, one of Edmonton's top new home plumbing installers for the past 20 years. They got a crew, highly qualified, over 50 plumbers and gas fitters, 35 of which are Red Seal journeymen. Overall, their staff have a combined 400 years of experience. Starmechanical.ca is where you want to go to get more info. Let's bring in Bruce Kerlock, who writes about the Condors and other things for us at OilersNation.com. Always a pleasure to welcome you into the show, Bruce. And I want to go through a few things you tweeted out last night. But first, what was your overall thought on that game? Were you as frustrated watching that all happen as, as a bunch of Oilers fans were? Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, I guess so to, to some degree. I Actually, to be honest with you, I thought Jake Woodcroft summarized it pretty well. Um, you know, he like, when are you going to go for six on the power play and when are you going to give up four or what I believe on the peak? Um, you know, uh, a bit fluky, uh, but at the same time, I mean, this is a division rival that you absolutely need to beat. You got to make up ground, and they didn't. So, you know, I, I, I guess frustrated, but maybe there's a little more positive in that than than a six three. Was it six three score would dictate? Yeah. Yeah, and that's fair too. I think morning after a, a loss against a division opponent and everything else is just a little bit raw. But you're right; there were some fluky moments mm-hmm. in that hockey game. You have a yeah. bunch. You had a bunch of clips that you threw out on your Twitter <laughs> yesterday, so I kind of want to go through them all because the first two were about the blue line. Number one was about the pairing of '86 and two Broberg and Bouchard. We'll throw up the clip here so the listeners can get a peek at it. But overall, kind of why did this play stand out to you, and what have you thought about them as a duo? <laughs> Uh, so as a, as the tweet says, I really like them as a pairing. Um, I think they match well. I think you have a, a, a player in Broberg who can skate the puck out. I, I I think he gets a bad rap a little bit about his passing, but but nevertheless, his strength for sure is is uh, skating the puck out. And then you have 
uh, Evan Bouchard, who is an incredibly sublime passer and a, a passer, I would actually argue, um, surprises who surprises his own forward teammates a lot. And in, in any event, so you've you've got a pick, can exit the zone in a multiple of ways, which is critical in today's NHL game. Um, and um, you know they seem to complement each other quite well. Um, the play itself, I just think this is this is 2023, I guess uh, NHL hockey. This is how you exit your zone uh, when you're on a puck retrieval. You know, you it's it's little short passes in control in space. Um, and you maintain possession and now you're attacking up the ice and, and, you know, we do, <laughs> the Oilers just don't do that enough. And this pairing seems to do it uh, pretty well. There was another couple of plays actually in the second period where, uh, I think Evan Bouchard caught Leon Dre again, another little back pass from Broberg to, to, uh, Bouchard. And, uh, I think Bouchard caught Leon Dreisaitl unaware and the puck bounced off his stick. Bouchard got it back and then he hit, uh, I think it was Ryan Nugent Hopkins at the blue line who also fumbled the puck. But, um, you know, this is how you exit. And, um, it, you know, especially if you're trying to immediately turn the puck over onto the attack, which, you know, say what you want about trying to make this team a cycle, half court, uh, grind it out team. This is a counterattack team, first and foremost. Yes, they should cycle the puck as well. But man, if you can exit with speed space uh, like this play here, it's a huge difference. For me, like, and a lot of people, and I'm in this camp too, like, hey, you need to go get like a good shutdown demon. But there are defensemen who get you out of trouble when you're hemmed in and you need some physical break up a cycle. There's value in that. But then there's demon who keep you out of trouble. And for me, that's the Broberg Bouchard pairing is, man, they're not going to get hemmed in very often because of plays like you posted there where, hey, it's zip, zip out of the zone, keep you out of trouble. That's kind of the way I sum it up. Yeah, I agree. I hundred percent agree. I like I, I I listen to the debate all the time about, you know, what do we trade for and 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 in terms of a you know defenseman. I you know, I mean, the best way to defend is not to have to defend. And you know, I just think there's lots of opportunity with the skill on this team. This this forward group, when healthy, is incredibly skilled. Um, even through to their you know tenth and eleventh forwards, um, which is probably all they should be playing. Um, mm -hmm. I I would try to you know I'd be trying to match you know the, that with the defense group. Um, you know, I, and again, now I've changed my mind on this a little bit because I was at the start of the year saying this defense core is similar, um, in terms of their inability, you know, they their passers, they move the puck, they're a little softer on defense, they have a little trouble with the cycle. Um, now I'm looking at it and thinking that maybe the best way to avoid the cycle is never get into it in the first place. Yeah. Uh, that's the third pairing for the Oilers. The top pairing mm. for the Oilers over the last bit has been Darnell Nurse and Cody Ceci. And it feels like yeah. the rough moments for them are happening a little bit more the more they're being used. Uh, you had yeah. a second tweet up about this pairing. You described them as cooked. Kind of what's led you to that conclusion? Yeah. 
uh, you know, this is sort of your last three or four games where you can see. I when I when I talk about cooked, I I just simply mean that they're done as a pair in terms of their ability to collaborate together, the ability to be cohesive. This clip I thought was really. Uh, you know, it was 30 seconds of that, of a perfect example of that. You, you know, you have Nurse, who I still proclaim as hurt. I, I'm not sold at all that he's not hurt. Um, but, you know, gets beat, coasts back, coasts to the front of the net, CeCe's standing off to the side of the net. He's not reading what Nurse is doing. Like, they're just not um, cohesive as a, as a partnership right now. And, you know, I, you know, I said in the tweet, I think they need a break from each other. And that it doesn't mean that they're bad players for Pete's sakes. Like I, I get this comment, you know, I'll get people, I tweet this out and I get people take runs at CC, people take runs at nurse. You know what? They're good players. They're, they're good NHL defensemen. Are they great NHL defensemen? Probably not, um, but they're good. Uh, it's just, you know, I, I think they need a break from there. I, I think they need, you know, different pair, uh, different partners. And I appreciate that that presents some challenges given what we have, but uh, it sure looks to me like they need uh, just a breath of fresh air. And it feels like maybe the coaching staff is recognizing that as well when you look at the call-up of Vinny DeHarnay. And that's the point I was trying to make there because they still are playing nurse and seas together a ton. But with DeHarnay <laughs> up, it's 11 and 7 potentially with the yeah. right side having the extra piece. So do you think we could maybe yeah. see a change? And we don't need to get into DeHarnay yet because there's one more clip I want to watch. But do you think we could see a change of that 11 and 7 with the right side is going to break yes. them up? I, I, I have said, actually, <clears throat> I appreciate that people have a lot of strong side of this defense i actually think it's the right side that needs the change not the left side uh, I, I i'm pretty comfortable with the with the left side and i think that uh when you, if you bring danny arnay up it gives you a chance to rest uh cc take him off of the pk as an example maybe barry spends less time on the pk um even if it's three or four minutes a night like i appreciate that people don't think that's very much but it but those are hard minutes on defensemen. Like PK minutes are hard on defensemen. So here's, yeah. here's hope. And their penalty, yeah, their penalty kill can't get worse <laughs> than it was last night. So, right, why not? Uh, the yeah. third one here, and just your line I, on this I, one. Just to, be, just to be clear, I'd, be, I'd pick on the forwards a little bit more last night on the PK than on the defense. But anyways. So yeah, and I, actually, I want to talk about that a little bit too. But um, this next tweet <laughs> does have something to do with the forwards. We spend a couple of minutes here dissecting the D-men. But this line, maybe the Oilers hate their defensemen. What drives you the craziest when you watch this play? <sighs> Just it, it's a full control face-off win, and I appreciate it came off an icing call. But I mean, I you know the if you fall, if I had extended the clip, what happened was he flips it out. It comes right to I believe Doughty, and and they turn it over, and they're back in the zone for a shot on net, like fast. And you know, I just think that. <sighs> I understand the set play. I understand that, you know, they use it all the time. And I understand the concept of, okay, let's just get it out and get a change. But I mean, why and why when you win a faceoff and you have full possession, why you don't take that puck into a better spot and have your forwards in much more short support style 
of lanes where, you know, it's a a little touch pass, a little short pass, and it allows that forward to skate it out. And as they're skating it out, the forwards can change and the defense can change. In this case, they're trying to change as the puck is being lobbed. And, you know, I just, why give up possession? I mean, the biggest change I would say from this team uh, from last year when Woodcroft took over to this year is they are just so willing to give up possession of the puck. And I don't understand when they have control. And I don't understand that. I don't understand that change. I don't understand the mentality on that. Um, And again, I go harken back to the forwards and how much skill there is on this team. I I don't get that at all. Um, it, It doesn't make any sense to me. Last one I want to throw your way. We talked mm-hmm. about Vinny DeHarnay. He got recalled yesterday. I love the kind of interview yep. Gene had with him on the broadcast as well. Where we <laughs> talked about just soaking it all in. But you're a guy who watches a lot of sure. Condors hockey. Obviously, write about them for our site. Uh, what can Oilers fans expect yep. from big Vinny DeHarnay? Well, he's big. <laughs> I mean, his, you know, he is six foot seven, 230 pounds, right? Um, you, you know, let, let's, let's get you know, into the meat of it. I mean, his challenge is going to be lateral mobility and a little bit of passing, I think. Um, you know, it's not his fault. He's six foot seven and, and uh, you know, unfortunately his feet are, are you know, are feet of a six foot seven or which is what makes Sedano Chera such a special player. Um, but, you know, he's, he's, he's got a wingspan like crazy. He's physical, he's mean. Um, he blocks shots like crazy. Um, you know, if you can put him in the right situation as a 7D, PKing, maybe defensive zone faceoffs, um, I, you know, there's a chance. Like you're hoping for an eight to 10 minute guy, you know, seven to nine minute guy who can give your right side um, uh, D a, a bit of a break and a bit of, and, and not just a break in terms of, you know, less minutes, but a break in terms of the types of minutes, like that right side is not designed to kill penalties. It's just not, um, you know, I mean, you know, kudos to, I think I've been really impressed with uh, Tyson Berry this year. Um, but you know, he's not built for that. And so that's what your hope you get with, with Vinny, the challenge will be, can, as the puck goes east and west, you know, can he, can his footwork match what, uh, he had the speed that's coming at him. And then a little bit, I would, you know, some, some commentators, uh, you know, our friend, uh, low tide, he disagrees with me. They, they think he can pass pretty well. I'm not convinced of that, but I mean, again, like, you know, as you just saw in the last clip, I mean, we're doing a lot of dumping it out anyway. So, you know, maybe, maybe it makes sense, but, uh, certainly a, a defense first, Defensive present, penalty killer, shot blocker, you know, seems like it's what the doctor ordered. And the, it's just whether his footwork can stand up for six, eight, nine, ten minutes a night. Yeah, fair enough. Bruce, you make this show a lot smarter. We always appreciate your insight, man. Thanks for hopping on. <laughs> All right. Take care. Have a great day. All right, let's get to the wrap for today's show. Liam, well, 
We'll talk some betting in a second. Um, I'm excited to see what a guy like Vinny DeHarnay can do in the lineup here, but that will be saved for tomorrow's show. You guys are really fired up in the YouTube stream, so I want to get to some of your comments because I have not done that very often. And thanks for sticking with us through the stream issues as well. We appreciate that. Uh, Jake says, Oilers are in trouble. Let's put it that way. Yep, that's a very simple sentence uh, to put it in. Uh talk about our friend Vinny. Can he back up his physicality? I think he can. Reed asks, can he be the new Russell with the shot blocking? Yeah, maybe. Like, I'm not expecting him to turn around their season and be overly impactful, but I mean, it, it, it'll give them a bit of a different look. We haven't seen them with the 11 and 7 approach with four guys on the right side, and I think it might, like Bruce said, give some guys some much needed time off. Uh, Reed was asking who would be the backup. If Stuart Skinner is gone, it's going to be Calvin Picard who will be backing them up for, I'm assuming, the next two games. I think we're going to get back-to-back Jack starts here. Um, so a chance for Jack Campbell to put his stamp on this season. It's Anaheim and San Jose. These teams are not that good, but the Oilers like losing to not good hockey teams. So it'll still be a tough test, Liam. Yeah, I, I'm starting to believe a lot more in Jack Campbell. I actually think he's come in and done a very good job the last few starts he's had. And even last night, too, to his credit, he, play, he played well. The goals that were out, one of them we already discussed. We're not even sure if it went in. And the second one was a, a one-on-one, which is just a disadvantage yep. for a goalie anyway. So I believe in Jack. But to be honest, Tyler, like this is going to sound weird to say, but I really think Wednesday is like huge. It's gigantic. And it sounds weird because you're playing the Anaheim Ducks, but eventually you've got to start turning the season around. And quite frankly, it has to start yesterday. Yeah. And now here we are again. And it's just like, okay, boys, like show up. You have to show up tomorrow. Then you have to show up on Friday. Then you have to show up on Saturday. And then just keep going. Just keep showing up. 41 wins in a row. It's getting late early, Liam. Yeah, it is. They only have 40 games to go. And I don't want to alarm anyone, but I will. Let's do some math. 40 games to go. What would be a great record for the Oilers? 30 and 10? If that'd, you win, that'd be awesome. Okay. That only puts you at 105 points. So, I mean, that's probably enough to get you home ice advantage in round one again. 104 got you that last year. But if you want to be at 99 points, that means you can take three wins off that and you can go 27 and 13. They need to go 27 and 13 to make the playoffs. That yeah. is beyond difficult to do. Yeah. and something's got to change immediately, whether it's a trade or, but for now it's just got to be the attitude, the attitude yeah. of the players is the biggest thing that needs to change. And it, yeah, like this, it kind of leaves you a little bit speechless. And I know we've kind of all ranted about the Oilers a little bit, here, but yeah, again, like it's got to start tomorrow. It's got to yeah. start tomorrow. Ray band man says, never tell me the math. And yeah, I mean, the Oilers can't look at the math. You can't sit there and be like, we got to win a lot of hockey games. You need to just go out there and game at a time, game at a time, game at a time. But I'm finding myself in the same spot I was in 2018 when this team missed. Kind of just going, ah, they'll wake up. A 10-game heater will change it. They'll go 9-1. and one, And then the math gets better, right? You go 9-1. and one, All of a sudden, you're like, ah, we don't have to go 27-10 and 10 anymore. We need to go 18-10. and 10. And it's like, oh, you can go 18-10. and 10. Yeah. But the fact you need a 9- or 10-game heater to even get to a point where it feels like this team has a realistic shot. I'm not saying plan vacations for the spring, but I think you can start firing up the websites a little bit. You can start seeing what's out there. You can give our friends at AMA travel, just throw a little feeler their way and be like, where could I go in April and May? Yeah. I'm sure AMA has got some great deals. Yep. I plan on being busy in, in the spring. 
I'm open to be busy with the Oilers at least. So maybe but what, can... what chance do you give them of making the playoffs, man? Right now I'm at like know. 30, 25. It, everything is so stacked against them. Last night was the first point for me where I've me thought, well, maybe this isn't the year, which is such a crazy thing to say. But for me, and uh, Captain Felton just said it, he's like, this is on the players now. And I agree. This is it's on the players now. It's on the players. They can only say so much when it's the same group kind of going through this stuff. And a lot of people have put blame on Holland and we've spoke about it. But at the end of the day, there's so many guys underachieving on this team. Like someone's got to turn it around. And last night we got goals from Yamamoto and McLeod. And unfortunately the power play went 0 six. So, I mean, like, like, like Woodcroft said, and Bruce noted there too, like it's not going to happen every night. Hopefully it was just an incredibly bad off night from what they've kind of been doing recently, but it doesn't feel like it. I feel like, like I said, again, Wednesday's big. They got to show up big time. Is it, it's Anaheim Wednesday, right? Anaheim Wednesday, Friday against San Jose. So two games, you just, you can't, can't go one and have a hope and have to make no. the playoffs, man. Like San Jose has two regulation wins in their last 10 games. Two regulation wins in their last 10 games. They're pathetic. Anaheim has 12 wins on the season. They're pathetic. And the Oilers are going to treat them like pathetic teams. And the Oilers are probably going to play down to their level. I just, I don't know why I should even sit here and give them the benefit of the doubt. Because they should have beat Anaheim in December and didn't. I, I don't know, man. I'm kind of just at my wits end with this group. Like, it's just, it drives me nuts. Yeah. It, um, last night when I was watching the game, I was very frustrated. Just to the point where it was, you're almost laughing at your TV. You know, like I was just like continuing to go on and there's a, there's a long way to go for this team. If they want to be contenders, like we all thought they were at the start of the season, yeah. I guess my question to you is, is, is it time for Holland to put the chips in to do something? Or do you think he's now going to back out a little bit being like, well, this team isn't good enough, but also it's on him to make the team good enough. Yeah. I, I said this today on DFO live. I was hosting with Mike McKenna and they're a fascinating team heading up to the deadline because some people are like, blow it up, blow it up. Steve just said sellers at the deadline now. You can't. No, you if you're can't. Ken Holland and you sell at the deadline, that's your resignation letter. That's yeah. you admitting you didn't build a good enough team and you're not going to be the GM anymore, in my opinion. You should almost just quit. Yeah. If you're going to sell at the deadline, step aside. Yeah. Let someone else buy. They can't. If Ken Holland is holding on to his first round pick at the deadline, it's a failure of grand magnitude. I don't even know if that sentence makes sense, but that's how I feel about it. They, yeah. You can't. You need to go in, get someone. Someone earlier threw out the what did, Bob Stoffer's trade proposal for, uh, for Chikrin, and it was like two first round picks, a second rounder, and whatever the money takes. As long as, yeah, like, sure, let's do it now. I'm starting to get to that point where I'm like, just go get them, get just. What's the word? It's you're not going to be worse this year. The yeah. future, f the future. Honestly, screw it. Screw it. it doesn't matter. Any anything that matters is got to happen this season. Ken Holland might not be here in two years' time. Why does he care what those picks are? Now, I don't want him to go out there and trade all seven picks for the next five yeah. drafts in a row. Yeah, but you got to be smart with it. And there's options out there. Like we spoke about it too with Frank. Like this, there's so many players available. And people, I get it. Like 
there has to be someone out there who wants to dance. Make them dance, Ken. Play something. Do something. Like you yep. are an experienced GM. You should have been in a situation multiple times before. And that's why we brought him in to get us through these moments. He is a winning general manager. He has had a ton of success in the NHL. He's been through it all. Now prove it. Like prove what you can do, Ken Holland, because it's time. The time is now. The time is arguably two weeks ago. Yeah, probably. You've got to make a move before the, the ship completely sinks and it ain't coming back up. 100%. Reed says, need to go get your deadline guys now so they have more time to settle in with the group if they want to make a run. And I actually think this year, maybe, maybe teams would be more open to it because they want Connor Bedard. Mm-hmm. Chicago wants Connor Bedard. Everyone wants Connor Bedard. So if you find a team and they're a seller in past years, it's like, oh, you're paying a premium to get your rental now. I think it's almost an even wash where the Oilers could go to a team and be like, we want our rental now, and you want this guy to stop helping you somehow win hockey games, you know? Yeah, and that's that's what they, like, surely after watching the World Juniors, GMs are all thinking that, right? Being like, I got to get my hands on this kid, and I yeah. can start losing games immediately. So, yeah, like, it's to go fishing. I know there's, like, numerous options. Are we, do we have Frank on the show this week? Yeah, we should have Frank on the show tomorrow, so we'll, we'll get to some of this with him, yeah. but, I mean... The, the panic alarm, panic bell, whatever you want to call it, is not going to stop ringing between now and Frank's hit. So we will have a lot to get to with our boy Frank Saravalli tomorrow on the show. Keaton says he hasn't traded a first since 2012. Does he still know how? I mean, he's gotta. You just there's there's no excuse right now. Um, JHB, do we give up a first for Edmondson? I wouldn't do that. I don't think Edmondson is enough of an answer. Um, if I'm going to get someone with term and I'm giving up a first, pony up, get Chikrin. You know? Yeah. I, my tone's kind of starting to change on that topic, but like, don't go halfway. Don't just dip your toe in the water if you're Ken Holland and say, I'll give up a first and a third for Gavrikov. Okay, no, 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 no. Chikrin then. Do you remember a couple of years ago, this was, I'm sure this was the trade thing. But Columbus kind of went out there and splurged, right? On a trade deadline, and then they beat Tampa Bay in the first round. Was it? Didn't that, that happen? Or am I dreaming? Didn't they go out and get two guys? Yeah. Or they refused to sell or something? I can't remember. Yeah, something like that. I forget. I can't remember. Maybe that's a bad story to try and get to. But yeah, like, Holland, just go out. Just go get the guys. It's obvious what this team needs. I understand they're in tight cap situations. Yeah. But if you're not smart enough to be creative, then these men around you should be smart enough to help you out at mm-hmm. least and figure something out. There's guys in that Oilers room upstairs, I guess, in the boardroom who you can get this done. Like it's obvious now, and I'm sure I'm sure they're out there locking. I am positive that is happening. Tyler Mulek says, "Make the money work for Ericsson. like Louis. Maybe Ooh. Louis Ericsson is the answer. He's playing yeah. in Sweden. I think he probably meant Carlson. Um, <laughs> Stuart Skinner." Not going to be with the team for the next two nights. It's Jack Campbell's crease. We'll get into all that tomorrow on the show. No Rusty today. And I feel bad that our guy Rusty isn't in the chat because we could all use a little bit of Rusty's optimism. I don't know if it was there last night. He was, it was, he was down bad. in the dumps last night. And if Rusty's down, then we should all feel yeah. down, to be honest. Yeah, that's fair. That is fair. Um, Peter King, have any of you guys actually watched Chickern play? He is not what this team needs. I actually really like the conversation we had with Bruce where there are demon who get you out of trouble. There are demon who keep you out of trouble. Jacob tricking. He's not bad at getting you out of trouble. He keeps you out of a whole heck of a lot of trouble. If you are better in transition, if you are better in the neutral zone, if you're better at breaking pucks out, 
you spend way less time in your own end. Bad turnovers lead to extended cycles, and that's what's killing this team. So a lot of people are focused on how do you end the bad cycles. I'm focused on how do you get the puck out better and avoid the bad turnovers. Part of that's on the forwards. Like Bruce said, got to be getting to better spots. Got to help your D-man out. But part of that is on people who are there. Yeah, I, I mean, I completely agree. Like I said it before, like offense is mm-hmm. the best defense. If, if the other team doesn't have the puck, you don't have to play defense. It's quite a simple thing, really. And Jacob Chikrin is going to help, help prevent the other team from getting the puck and hopefully just steady the ship. I think that's a big thing the Oilers need. Like, to be honest, I don't think they need to go out there and find like four, like two or three new defensemen. I think like uh, maybe two defensemen would help, but like, just calm everything down a little bit. Yeah. Like just bring some minutes down, take the load off nurse, take the load off CC. That's like, the biggest thing that needs to happen. And I think it'll all get addressed hopefully. So mm-hmm. yeah, I agree. Like just go all in on Chikrin. And I guess for the people who like don't want Chikrin, like where are you looking? Is Edmondson really going to make much of a difference? He's not a puck mover. Like, are we going to move everything for Eckholm and keep him for four more years? Like that seems like a wrong thing too. And then, there's also Jake McCabe stuff, I, I suppose, if that's part of the conversation still. But yeah. I have all your options. Like, Chikrin seems like the best one, and it doesn't seem close to me. Apparently, Jake McCabe's no trade list is just all the Canadian teams. He's yeah. not an option. You can flash up Vlad Gabrikov if you want here, Aaron, but I don't. If you spend he... first, don't spend on him. Yeah. Like, right? if you're spending your first on forward help because you're convinced that building a better forward group helps you out in your own end, which I actually don't, that line of thinking, it adds up to me. I give up a second for Gavrikov. I give up Nimalainen and a second Nimalainen and a third, something like that for Gavrikov. I'm not giving up the first for Gavrikov. I'm giving up a first for someone who I know 100% is impactful and is going to make a big, big difference. Gavrikov makes a difference, but not big enough for me to move the first. Yeah, I think you just do the Kulak deal if you can with Gavrikov. Yeah, sure. Give him a a guy who can probably play in AHL, NHL, Mm -hmm. Linen. Second round pick, make it conditional, whatever you want to do. And I think it was a seventh round pick in there too, whatever it was. Like, that's the deal you got to do. That's the deal. You're all fired up today in the chat. I love it. Uh, We need seven more likes. So if you're watching on the Nation Network YouTube, hit that like button. It is very easy to do. Let's see if we can get to 74 in a couple of minutes here. Liam, you're back for tonight. Uh, Last night, Connor McDavid scored. That was good. Zach Hyman hit his shot prop. That was good. Not a lot of, uh, nothing else really good happened, but should. These sports books, when you make a bet on Zach Hyman's shot prop, should you not just get the money automatically as soon as you make the bet? Feels like it should just be like whoop, right into the account. Direct <laughs> yeah, deposit, please. Yeah, yeah. On. As soon as that man steps on the ice, it should be should mm-hmm. be that money in my bank. But I went with Tim home underdogs tonight. I like that strategy. The St. Louis Blues games. Now St. Louis haven't been electric on home ice. I believe they're eight, seven and two or seven, eight and two or something. But Calgary are also just five hundred on the road, too. So for me, like I'm putting my money in the basket of the St. Louis Blues. I believe they won five of the last 10 as well, just in general. So 135 for a team like the Blues, like mm-hmm. sign me up. And also the Arizona Coyotes. I've had a lot of success betting on the Yotes this season. They're 7-4-2 at home at the Mullet Arena. Come on. I did not expect that when I looked at it. San Jose's junk. Yeah. And Arizona, they've, they've got some skill on that team. So I went, yeah. with the, I went with the Yotes and the Blues tonight, two home dogs. Oh, oh. Thank you. Yeah. And if the Yotes win, I expect one of those tomorrow as well. Uh, For me tonight, I like 
Oh, what did I, I had two bets on DFO Live and I always blank on them when I come here. So, uh, Nikita Kucherov, shot prop, no value betting on the Bolts to win against the uh, Blue Knight, but expect them to pepper them, get a lot of shots. Kucherov is a great bet to go over three and a half shots on goal. The Winnipeg Jets are minus 130. I saw that. They're taking on Detroit. Winnipeg in their last 10 or has won five in a row. Detroit has three wins in their last 10. They've lost three in a row. And Andrew Patterson, hustler from uh, Sports Talk Winnipeg, or Winnipeg Sports Talk, sorry. Um, he was on DFO Live today, and he made an interesting point. If the Jets win tonight, that'll make Rick Bonus the head coach for the All-Star game. Oh, you don't think they want to play for Bones? Guy that's turned them around totally? Yeah. So minus 130 with everything the Jets are playing for, how good they look, and the Wings have only won nine of their 20 home games this year. It's a lock, folks. Take the puck line if you want. I love that. Bet it all. I really enjoy watching the Jets when they're at full strength. And then they've got a lot of fun players like Kyle Connor and Nick Ehlers. Josh Morris is a lot of fun. So, mm -hmm. yeah, to kind of see Rick Bonus turn them around, I think is good for the market and yep. just good for the league in general. We hit our like goal. Good job, Liam. Good job, YouTube chat. You guys brought it. Um, I love it. This was a passionate show. You were all fired up. And tomorrow we're going to have Frank on to talk about trade targets. Jay is going to be sitting here. You know he's going to be fired up about the game against LA. We are going to try breathe some positivity into this thing. Your Oilers got to go on a run. They are quickly, quickly running out of time. Later this week, we're also going to have some special shows and a ton of special content coming to you from Las Vegas. Our friends at AMA Travel sending us down on another fantastic nation vacation. Head to nationgear.ca. You can check out the Toronto trip there as well. Bruce Kerlock was fantastic today. His appearance brought to you by Star Mechanical, starmechanical.ca. If you need to find out more, they are everything you need. If you have plumbing or gas fitting needs, whatever it is, Star Mechanical has got you covered. Tomorrow's a short for giant game day from the Sports Closet Studios. We have a lot to get into then. and We will chat with you then. Enjoy your Tuesday night, everybody.